Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. Uh, this episode, we will be discussing the Swansea results, the Benicophobia injury, and is there an injury crisis at Bristol City in terms of how they train? Are they doing the right stuff? We'll be discussing that as fans have been questioning it. And also, Nathan Baker, what the latest is with him, another knock. Backroom staff changes this week, too, which Gregor has been across. It's Preston this weekend, who really are a bogey team for Bristol City, and Brentford this week. We'll look forward to those games. And we'll find out exactly what Callum O'Dowder was doing when he stopped by and helped almost do a bit of coaching with some young kids. So, Gregor, let's begin with uh, Swansea on Saturday. Not the most exciting game. No, drab nil-nil draw. I think probably the right result. Both Bristol City and Swansea definitely deserve something from the game. I was quite impressed by Swansea, actually. They were quite tidy, OK, they didn't create any huge chances, but they were threatening, certainly from Matt Grimes' corners, I thought... Um, yeah, both the centre-backs were pretty solid for Swansea and yeah, Bristol City struggled to create. I mean, they're, they're probably the best chance was that one where Calamo Dowdo got down the wing, crossed it low and, and Deju just flicked it past the post. But yeah, there, there's still ple- um, plenty of positives though. A second clean sheet of the season, what's that, seven games unbeaten in the league now. And yeah, we, we roll on to a, a tough game at Preston next, next week. When the lineup came out for it, it was really confusing how they play, wasn't it? And it was because of injuries again. It was, and obviously a bit of a curveball thrown in by Lee Johnson, giving Sam Schmodix his, his first start of the season and recalling Callum O'Dowder. I, I can see the, the sense in recalling Callum O'Dowder because, yes, I do think he's going to get better now that we've, we've got the contract sorted out and he is a quality player and he does offer something on the flanks, especially he can create like, like he did in, in that last home game against Middlesbrough he came off the bench remember set up row for the equalising goal I always remember him doing exactly the same up at um, Sunderland a couple of seasons ago getting down the flank crossing it for Juric to head in and I think they need that kind of service from now on because I'm sure we're going to come on to this the Benicophobe injury is is going to mean obviously that Fam Jeju is going to play a lot more and he needs those crosses to, to, to score goals and in terms of the red card for Jake Bidwell uh, there was some conversation after about the Bristol City bench's reaction. We saw Lee Johnson looking sensed. If you look at a still, Jake Bidwell does have two feet off the floor, but only just like by millimetres. Swansea did appeal it, but it stood. Was it a red? Not I mean, for... it didn't really affect the game that much. No, not for me. I th- I thought it was a yellow, and I. I do have a little bit of sympathy for the Swans, actually, because there was somebody on social media pointing out what was the difference between that tackle and the Taylor Moore one in the first half. Mm-hmm. And they were both very even, I suppose, maybe the context of the game and, and when it was. Both cynical tackles, though. And, yeah, Steve Cooper, after the match, he, the, the way he sort of phrased it was, 
everybody in this room knows that it wasn't red. So he was kind of assuming that we all felt the same way. I I kind of do agree with him. Mm. And, yeah, I I thought they were a bit harshly done by then. But Bristol City, I've said this before, they deserve a bit of luck because I've seen plenty of bad decisions going the other way. Mm. Yeah, it didn't affect the game too much. Just three or four minutes left, wasn't there? So a a point from that game against the team that's been doing really well, not a bad result, but the big problem is what happened last week with Benekophobi. We saw rumours starting to circulate that maybe he'd done his ACL, maybe he was out for the season, maybe he'd had a serious injury and then you ran the story that this was the case and then we saw the video from Benick confirming it as well. Let, let's look at this as an isolated case first before we talk about all the other injuries. He has had problems before, hasn't he? He has. I'm not entirely sure if this was his third or second ACL. He definitely had one when he was on loan from Arsenal at Millwall and he's had another knee problem when he was down at Bournemouth. So... Certainly a third knee injury, although the first ACL, I believe, might have been to his left knee and this was to his right knee. So, yeah, with ACL injuries, my understanding is that the more you suffer them, the more prevalent they can be going forward, unfortunately. So that's why we've seen the likes of Callum Wilson particularly suffer from from several in his career. And, yeah, it's an absolute hammer blow. Um, I've heard a few stories myself about... Um, how it came about and everything. And in fact, Lee Johnson has explained that basically it was in training. Yeah, well, should we hear what Lee Johnson had to say about it after the game right now? Um, It was a freak incident. The ball is on his own. The ball's been chipped into him. He's tried to pull it down sort of over his shoulder. And uh, you heard it. It was like a twig or a a branch sort of snap, if you like. And at that point, you're worried. Obviously, he's rolling around in agony and... I mean, it feels like it feels horrible for him first and foremost because he's really made an impression with the lads and in the team, and secondly for the for the team, you know. But um, it's a truth of football; it happens, uh, and that's why I'm so pleased with the squad and the players because it happened to us a lot. It feels like whenever we take two steps forward, we take one step back, whether it be injury or player sale. Um, but the good thing is, we're still taking te- steps forward. <laughs> So that's what happened in training. That's how the injury came about. Yeah, I just and just to add to that, one little thing that I was told behind the scenes was that they actually abandoned the training session because it was oh, that wow. bad. Yeah. So I actually think going back to what we were just talking about in terms of the the point against Swansea, yeah. that would have been a, such a huge psychological blow oh. for the squad. And I don't know if you saw it, but there was a really great picture from Corey Smith's house, I think, um, over the weekend, where all the squad had got together and Benick was there, he was on his crutches. It was great to see the team bonding like that. But I just think the way he's been taken in by the Robins, the way he's getting on with Casey Palmer, he was a huge part of this team mm. and I actually know Lee Johnson as well thought he, he could have scored 20 goals for the Robins this season so he's a huge blow on the pitch but also off it in, in terms of the character that, yeah, and in the dressing room so given all that it was a huge huge blow for the season going ahead but certainly for the match against Swansea so to get a point last weekend against mm. the Swans I actually think in the long run will prove to be a good point Oh, it's just such a bad blow for Bristol City because with Benicophobia, you're thinking toxic six with his goals is a possibility, but now it's sort of back to square one. It's weird because we were saying the other week about how much stronger the strike force looks with Benicophobia. Take him out of the equation, it looks like, again, you have to rely too heavily on Fomara Gigi, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I've been writing a little bit about this myself this week, that if there's one possible silver lining, and I really, with something like this, we're, we're scraping the barrel, but <laughs> but although not in the context of the player I'm about to mention. No, no, but uh, you're, yeah. you're looking for positives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 
It would be basically that Antoine Semenyo is probably going to get more minutes, and mm. I, I think he's the future of Bristol City. I think he's a really great talent. I think he needs to play more. I think Lee Johnson needs to start him more, and I think this will help him. But is it too soon for him to hit the ground running and score loads of goals? Well, to rely on someone like that for your promotion campaign? I, I think I wouldn't say to rely on him. I wouldn't rely on him at the moment. I would be going with Fam, and I would be steadily bringing on Antoine Semenya mm-hmm. for the final twenty minutes of games. I'm not sure why that didn't happen at the weekend. I was I, I was quite surprised by the team selection. If I'm honest, I didn't think Lee got it right bringing in both Callum and Sam. I can. I suppose you have to give him due credit, and he, they did keep a clean sheet. And as I've said, it it was a good point. Point, but I just felt it, was, it wasn't the right time to experiment. Is that what? Yeah, you mean? exactly. Mm. A little bit too much tinkering, and maybe that should have been done later in the season. I can see maybe why Lee did it in terms of that you want to give everybody in the squad a chance to impress as well. Yeah. But Casey Palmer and Nicholas Eliasson were both excellent against Middlesbrough. Mm. The two of the best players in the team, and like in their last home game, and they've been dumped out of the team, and mm. that doesn't make any sense to me. I, okay, maybe Casey Palmer probably played his. His worst game, if I'm honest, uh, away, uh, the last away game up at um, Stoke. But then, yeah, he, he just looked so good when he came on. He was he was controlling everything in the middle. And Nicholas Eliasson, here's a stat for you. Nobody in the championship um, creates more than Eliasson. Nobody supplies what they call key passes, as, he, as in passes that lead to shots. Time. Yeah, it, that's... From, in the whole championship but players who've played at least three games right. have to qualify that with but yeah nobody can match Eliasson for 90 minutes exactly he should be playing for me and I can see I did ask Lee Johnson about this after the game mm. and and let's hear about that now my mindset which I thought worked was to was to have the busy bees on the pit and sort of hustle and harry the opposition what we lost was that little bit of um, ice in the head if you like um, but as the game sort of moved on, obviously Casey came on and I thought he put, on, put his foot on it very well. And Nicholas is a little bit different because it's a, he's at the mercy of the shape. Do you know what I mean? And obviously when you go to a four, it's no problem. Uh, Nicholas can go and uh, cause problems, particularly when the opposition are potentially tired. And uh, I felt there should have been more injury time. I don't know about anybody else, but um, that's what he does. And obviously he's affected the opposition enough to, to, to get a red card. And had that been 10 minutes earlier, and then we might have been able to create the overload and get the win. So that's Lee Johnson's explanation about Nicholas Eliasson. What do yeah. you make of it? Yeah, I, I can I, I can see what he's getting at, and I can agree with him that it's a tactical thing, and you can't get every player in. And there's, let's be honest, who are you going to drop? You can't drop Josh Brown, you can't drop Masengo, and mm. I argue that Palmer should be in there. However, at home, I do wonder if they still need to find that system that works, because the three centre-backs or five at the back to be precise system including your wing-backs is working away from home nobody's doing better than than Bristol City I think Leeds are the only club who've won more points on the road this season but but that's obviously um, a success and everything's going right there but at home and it's not just Bristol City there's several clubs in the, in the same kettle of fish really you could argue that Leeds as well haven't had as many wins as they should have had mm. at, at home um, but Bristol City probably just need to develop that system at home. And I wonder if that's going to be a four-at-the-back system and that then incorporates, well, means you can incorporate a Larson on the wing. What, would go four and four in the middle? Yeah, either four-four-two or four-two-three-one. And um, yeah, No one seems to want to play four-four-two anymore. No, I, but 
tactics, I always think, is sort of cyclical. And like, if you think a couple of seasons ago, we weren't really seeing too many threes at the back. Then three at the back comes in. So how do you counter that? Sort of, I maybe maybe go round, sort of scissors, paper, stone. Um, yeah, I think no, yeah. isn't it rock paper scissors? Sorry, rock paper scissors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice rock, scissors, yeah I, I, th- I see what you mean. Um, Nathan Baker came off, but was that because of an injury? Yeah, Lee Johnson explained it was a calf injury and it might have just been a precaution though, but yes, unfortunately another injury to deal Serious? with. Serious? No, no, we we ex- we don't think he's going to be we don't think he's going to be out for very long. Obviously the club is yet to confirm anything officially on that. We the pre-match press is is tomorrow, so we'll probably hear more on it then, but but Lee Johnson suggested it might only be a precautionary measure. So many injuries. It is, what it is. What is going on because there's fans that have I think in my opinion, wrongly said what's going on in training. Now, you can't, I don't think, without knowing what's happening in, in training, you can cast a massive aspersion to say, training is causing these injuries, what are they doing up at Thailand? That will not be the case. I'm confident to say that wouldn't be the case. They've got support scientists, they've got team doctors, they've got physios, they monitor how the players sleep, they monitor what they eat, for goodness sake. They won't be overtraining them. It's not that, is it? And no. it's not the methods. No, it's just bad luck. I specifically asked Lee Johnson about this a couple of weeks ago, and in fact, Lee is, was asked about it last night on Radio Five Live. Mm. He was on the Monday Night Club talking to Chappers and Ian Wright and others, and yeah, he said the same there that he's analysed exactly what they're doing. And of all the injuries, most of them are impact injuries. The only one that he's really sort of has taken on board and looked at what they're doing is is the Thomas Callas one. So. Given that the rest are impact ones, and s- certainly Benicophobe, there was no one around him when he got there. That is just a, just freak, a freak injury. Yeah, yeah, just just came up as he as he's um, as he's, he's as he wins the ball and he's on his own, no one near him. So yeah, there's nothing you can do. It's just bad luck. Mm. And yeah, I think Jada Silva, he's got that um, stress fracture. That might have been a result actually of of an overhanging problem from the England duty in the summer. So that's something with that one. Corey Smith impact injury. Callas muscle one, so that's the one to look at, but it's only the, the single one, Benicophobe, uh, and Adam Nagy, obviously, another impact one. We we think he's not too far away, but Lee Johnson said his ankle is a bit thick, still, yeah, is, that yeah. is the term he used. So, but, so, so I mean, they're running miracles now. I know. I, I, because this is, this. look how many people you've named there, like how many players would be in the team? Yeah, yeah, Bailey Wright, not far away, by the way. I bumped, I bumped into him on Saturday, and yeah, he's he's due to return soon, so he could be involved even at Preston. But but Adam Nice would be in the team. Mm-hmm. Thomas Callis would be in the team. Corey Smith would probably be in the team. Exactly. If you had yeah. all these guys back, Benicophobia, obviously. Yeah. This is this yeah. is a depleted squad. And it is. It's September, and they're doing really well despite all those injuries. So, but how long can they keep that up? Hopefully their luck is going to turn and it probably bodes well in a way because some of the guys playing now, like, just think, Masengo wouldn't have been playing if Adam Knight no, had been no, playing. but he's only 18. Yeah. You don't want to... Do you remember two seasons ago, flog was the word that Lee Johnson had to keep using? Yes, yes. He was right. flogging his players because he had so many injuries. I mean, Lee Johnson has to be the unluckiest manager with injuries ever. Yeah, I, I mean... I. I don't have the stats for every club by club, but yeah, certainly it's a bad, it's a bad time at the moment. And as I say, the only good thing is that we're going to see younger players like Semenyo get more more game time, Taylor Moore breaking through, and Masengo. 
these, these guys, he was outstanding, wasn't he? That little uh, cameo by the corner flag when he when he robbed Bursant Selina, who actually complained after the game, didn't he, about the some of the, the treatment he'd got from the Bristol City players. Did you see that? No, what did he, he say? He basically said that he hadn't been given any protection from the referees. Who, uh, well, it's, it's a football match. Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, it, um, yeah. Just it's it's great to see these guys playing though, and I think Bristol City will be better for that in the longer run. So when they what get the they regular players, back? yeah, when the when the guys come back, and it's just the striker. That's the that's the one the one probably the one problem. I think yeah. they will now have to recruit in January. Yeah, that brings us on to could they recruit right now? Free agents. They, what are we thinking? They could do. I I don't think they will. I just don't think the likes of Wilfred Boney, Gary Hooper. These are the names that have been mentioned. I'm not sure. Those guys are better than what they've already got. Short-term, short-term deal till January, like Ashley Williams. No, I don't, I can't see it myself because, well, well for Bonnie, why not? For, because what I know that they've been experimenting with other players on, on the training pitch. What Semenyo, uh, Sam Schmodix, who obviously what, played centre forward. Well, yeah, he played quite far forward, didn't he, on Saturday? Yeah, he was playing almost as a two, and I've seen him at under twenty threes. They played him as like a false nine then as well. So they've tried him. They've got um, obviously Fam uh, and Semenyo and Vyman, who so three more there, and then you've got Seiko Jenna, who's very highly rated What's and might come back. Um, might be another month or so. Although I have to say, I've heard a few rumours he might be going out on loan as well. He, they did have something lined up for him in the summer, um, but yeah. So I think you've got to give the game time to Antoine Semenyo over someone like. Let's not forget Wilfred Boney, probably the best of the bunch there, I would say. But he was released by Swansea. This isn't the Wilfred Boney of a couple of years ago. Yeah, he went to Manchester City. Cut for six months, and now he's back. He's been training with Newport County. Yeah, exactly. See, that's so, what made me think of it. He's iffy. I don't think he's still yeah, training local. with them. Yeah, yeah. he's local. But why is he not with a club? You know, like it's like Lee Johnson said not so well, long ago. These guys, there's a reason yeah. why these guys are out of contract. I spoke to Mike Flynn about that, and he said it's more that he hasn't found the right club fit for him. But you know, right. that sounded very diplomatic. Right. Okay. So because mm. we did a press with Mike Flynn a few weeks ago, but Boney would ha- maybe have the right sort of characteristics in terms of he, he's powerful, can, can hold the ball up. Um, but has he got the pace or the work rate that, that Semenyo is going to bring? He didn't, and, he didn't look great in his last few games at Swansea. And I, I'm going to keep banging on fans one here because I've watched him in loads of the under-23 games and he's been really outstanding in those matches, probably the best player. And I also think he brings the best out of fam. He was outstanding when uh, the two of them played together up at Preston last mm-hmm. year. Preston at the weekend. Oh, I, yeah, wonder, yeah. I wonder if we could see Antoine um, playing once again in that and making a difference. Any chance that Matty Taylor can be recalled from Oxford? Not until not January. January. Not until January. But my information on that anyway is that he won't be coming back. He'll be staying there. In fact, he scored his first goal for Oxford mm-hmm. at the weekend in there. 6-0 win at Lincoln. Yeah, OK. So no Matty Taylor return. Uh, been some backroom staff changes, though, as well, haven't there, this week? They have, yeah. A bit, bit odd, this. We're sort of waiting for um, clarity on this. But our understanding is that the head of scouting... Mervyn Day has left the club. He's been in that position for two years. He replaced Des Taylor, who some fans will know was in that position for a short time before that. And then he kind of lost his job at Des Taylor, this is, when when it was all going pear-shaped for Bristol City, sort of when when Lee Johnson was setting that spiralling run of eight league defeats and that I think they yeah they got rid of John Pemberton, oh, yeah. promoted Jamie McAllister, and they got rid of Des Taylor at the same time and 
And yeah, then Steve Lansdowne actually explained it on the radio, saying that there was a bit of a difference in ideas behind the scenes on the way they were going to progress the club. So since then, yeah, they've had Mervyn Day, who was their chief scout, I believe, at one point. And yeah, he he basically was doing that for two years, and then he was he's been the head of scouting for two years, and now he's he's left the club. And we do know that there's a guy from Watford coming in, Richard Lee, a former goalkeeper. However, we don't know what position or what that's to do with just at the moment. It might be on the recruitment side or it might be to do some goalkeeper coaching. So we wait for the clubs to confirm on those. Okay, so a couple of changes um, there. It's Preston away this weekend. Preston, who are, as we discussed at length last season, a bogey team. Why is Bristol City's record so bad against them? I just think sometimes it's just uh, down to luck uh, <laughs> to, yeah. to an extent. But but there's obviously maybe a, a psychological thing to it as well. I mean, I remember last season, Preston actually had a podcast with several of their players and the guys there were talking about how they enjoyed playing against Bristol City. And maybe that there is a part of that. Once you start to get good results against one certain team, mm-hmm. then it just sort of continues in that vein. And that podcast, it was... Uh, Daniel Johnson and Callum Robinson, of course, who's moved on now to Sheffield United. But I think there's quite a few similarities between Preston and Bristol City. Preston's doing very well. Yeah, they're doing tremendously well. And this is, make no mistake, it's going to be a really tough, tough game. But They they did draw with them last season. Yeah, and I actually feel confident, actually, about City's chances on, on Saturday. In terms of Preston, how well they've done... What do you put that down to? Because they looked a little bit short after the summer, but Alex Neil seems to be coming up with the goods. They had a, they had a little bit of a bad patch. He was linked with some other jobs, wasn't he? Um, but they've they've really, really in the last few weeks been fantastic. They won last weekend away at Birmingham, which isn't easy. They beat Brentford. They drew a Forest. They beat Sheffield Wednesday. They beat well Stoke. I mean, we know Stoke have been terrible. This is a team on a real run here and competing, as it stands, for a playoff spot in the very early stages of the season. So what is it about Preston, you think, that has clicked for Alex Neil at the moment? I think it's both Neil uh, getting the good results from this squad, but also good recruitment. I, I always admire um, the players, some of the players they've got in the squad and that, that they've brought in. They... I remember Lee Johnson up there last season in his, in his post-match press conference admitted that both Bristol City and Preston basically fish in the same ponds for the same kind of players. And he was talking, mm. can't remember which player it was now that he was talking about trying to bring in and, and compete against um, Preston for. But yeah, I, I like the business they've done and I like several of their players, particularly the gritty Ben Pearson. He always yes. seems to pick up yellow cards, red cards. I'm surprised, if I'm honest, I'm surprised they've kept hold of him. And and maybe that shows maybe a slight difference, that they man- they've managed to keep several of their best players. They obviously did sell Callum Robinson in the summer, but I also like, um, is it Ben Ben Davies, the centre-back? He's, he's, he's a, uh, a top player. No Bristol City, actually, were interested in him at one stage. Um, but probably can't afford him now. Uh, I mean, they're third in the table at the time of speaking. They're only a point ahead of Bristol City. Of course, it's it's still compact, but it's getting to the point now where, or it will do in the next couple of weeks, where with a result, it won't see you jump loads of places. So yeah. it's important that you can, you can probably still do that before the international break. 
you yeah. can probably still get three points and see yourself jump a few spaces. But it depends on what those around you are doing. So if Bristol City won at the weekend, they could still go top. If they won, that would be absolutely huge in the context of the of the season because basically they've got another tough away game coming up against Brentford after that. But then I fancy them to pick up some points at home and it's just about keeping the run going for me. I, I think it might be a draw up at Preston because I do think, obviously, Bristol City have got these results on the road. They've got this effective That'd be three draws in a row. Would that be concerning or would that be OK given the opposition they've faced? I think it's OK because you're not losing. Obviously, you've got to get the wins as well, but... Being I, I think important. I think they'll come. The problem is going to be can they score the goals? And I just think in a game like this, first goal is crucial. Be two draws in a row, not three. Not my sad. They beat Stoke, didn't they? Yeah. Beat Stoke and they drew with Borough before that. So yeah. actually, yeah, when you look at it like that, is that's okay. But the Brentford game, I remember the Brentford game. It was October last year. It was a really hot day, and they won one nil away, didn't they? That was a big result for them. Yes, Nicholas Eliasson with a. A last-minute winner, uh, Chris Mepham, got sent off, if you remember, red yeah. card in that game. Yeah. They've not had the best start to the season. So, yeah, it, this is going to probably test them on the road. But we, we've already seen them go to places like this and, and get results. So, do, you yeah. feel, do you feel more positive when Bristol City are on the road? Yeah, I do. I, I do think, looking at the XG and everything like that, <laughs> Uh, I had to get it in there somewhere. Obviously. I, I think uh, that, you might not have mentioned it last week, which was a concern. <laughs> I, I do think we're going to see what I call the old regression to the mean, by which they're not going to win, obviously, as much as they do, they've do. they been doing possibly on the road because yeah. they're maybe not that good a side. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to lose either. So I, th- I think that we're going to see some draws coming up, maybe the odd loss on the road. But, yeah, they're certainly good enough to, to, to win up there. Their, their form has been consistent over... 2019 so so these these two games what would be do you think four points from them is possible I'd take, I think four points you is definitely possible yeah and absolutely and I would take that and I think that would keep them well in contention to the very, for the very top of the league to be honest mm, it's, it's tight up there at the moment but it's going to be tight for the next couple of weeks and then we'll sort of see where people are starting to pan out won't we after the international break uh, Calamo Dowder did a bit of coaching this week this is a great story isn't it it is, yeah. He's, um, I think he was just walking out, walking his dog, wasn't he? And um, was this in? Uh, it was near Ashton Gate, was it? Uh, Greville Smith Park, possibly, which is just right outside the stadium. It. And yeah, walking his dogs, bumps into uh, a bunch of um, lads playing football, and then and did they recognise him? I, I'm sure they will have done. I know. Well, I, the chap organising them, I think, is Rob Skeets, and I, I speak to Rob occasionally. He's a big Bristol City fan, and he he definitely knows who Callum O'Dowder is. So, so yeah, they um, I think they they got Callum along to give them some tips, and uh, yeah, what a great story. Maybe. Well, he just stopped by and and had a chat with him. Yeah, and well, I think I think he sort of did some. I'm not going to say coaching as such, but maybe just gave him a few pointers. pointers yeah, and yeah, watch out, Mick McCarthy. Maybe uh, <laughs> this is the first step on his uh, on the road to. Uh, yeah, maybe a longer-term future at, at that level. He's starting his badges next. Um, yeah. Now he's signed on the dotted line. Would you expect to see him start against Preston? Is is this now, after Saturday, an indication of where he wants to see him, that his head is sort of back in the game, so to speak? Not, no, I don't think I would play him for, for Sassy because I think you'd go back to the three, the five at the back, the three centre-backs, and then you've got the three in the middle, and I'd probably stick with Casey Palmer alongside either Masengo or Nigel or, or Brownhill. 
Um, those would be the three for me. Maybe there's an argument to bring in Callum O'Dowder instead of Casey Palmer for his athleticism. And just on Palmer, actually, I do wonder if he might be the man to to maybe be the 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 what's the word um, spark key. No, 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 the opposite, with the man to lose out, really, in terms of the Benic of Fobe injury, because if you think about it, he was supplying the passes for Fobe's movement. I see, yeah, because movement. of that relationship, so he can yeah. be dropped. Is what yeah, exactly, he might be the man to miss yeah, out now, because yeah. because if he's not supplying, if he's not finding Robin's players with those passes, then maybe it might be more beneficiary to have Callum O'Dowd's athleticism mm. and, and speed and pace and hard work in the middle. But that said, Casey Palmer's been excellent off the ball as well, so... Yeah, it's, it's nice problems to have still. Yeah, nice problems. Good position on the table still. And uh, two tough away fixtures coming up. We'll be back after both of those uh, to reflect on them and then look ahead to the Reading game, which is the following weekend back at Ashton Gate. Uh, thank you for listening. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us and we'll be back next week. Robin's on the wire.